0: Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIB events. I am André and with me, our basketball expert, Diogo Hi
1: André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man, what are we talking about today?
0: We bring you another mini episode today, recapping the round five day two. We will go over all the four games, and uh, we start with the game that took place in Lithuania between Žalgiris and Valencia Basket. Yo, Valencia for real is, aren't they?
1: <laughs> oh, for sure, man. I mean, they're looking, <laughs> they're looking dominant. I mean, that defense is crazy. Chris Jones and Jovic uh, leading the team, leading the offense and facilitating it for everybody else. I mean, this team is so well balanced. They are certainly proving me wrong, and I think proving everybody wrong because if anybody says that they were expecting this type of production from Valencia, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to call you a liar because <laughs> I don't think nobody saw this coming. Like, they, they're really playing at a, at a high level. Their defense is legit, and they have been, they have been showing that for, for these five games. So uh, they are certainly surprising me, and I love to be proven wrong in, in situations like this, of course. So uh, I'm very happy to see them playing at this level. Uh, as far as Algiris, I think it's the same thing uh, as we talked about in the predictions. Obviously, they're going to be competitive, and especially at home, but they just need to, to be more talented, to to be in a position to, to actually be consistent and, and to get some wins to, to be in a playoff position or even a play-in. They, they just need more talent. I, I don't think what they have is enough, even though, of course, like I said, they're going to be competitive, they're going to win some games, but it's going to be hard to keep this in a consistent basis.
0: Yeah, first of all, they need uh, another guy, uh, probably a wing player and probably a guy that will be their number two player. They have Keenan Evans and Roland Schmidt that are both high level players. They bring it uh, basically every game and they are able to perform and to do their part. But they need someone that uh, will be able to consistently. They have players that uh, at times will do it but uh, they need someone that will be constantly able to, to perform and to bring that offensive uh, output that uh, is really needs from them. Uh, if they are on the market and they are able to find uh, someone like that, certainly it, it will help them uh, considerably to, to be more competitive as the, as the, the season goes. For is still uh, a word for Giedraitis, the, the youngster that is starting to show the, the ability to, to be a, a good EuroLeague player, I think we have here another talent that will be raising and performing at a a very good level in the the EuroLeague moving forward. He started this game, and just his ability to get into his pull-up shot and to create offensively, it's... um, are very good indicators for him as a player moving forward and for what he can do. The, he had a good game uh, as a starter. He didn't came back to the game and played that much uh, on this game, but very good indications by, by the youngster and someone to keep an eye out for the future. But for Zagiris, it, it, it comes down to that. They need uh, someone to consistently provide the, them more offensive and to, to be able to be another guy alongside Evans and uh, Schmitz that, uh, that can help them to game after game, be more competitive for Valencia, on the other hand, like the way that they are playing defense, it's basically unmatched, and they might be the best defense of the competition so far. I know, I know, Real Madrid is there. Will Tavares is there, mm-hmm. and uh, they, it, they are just—they are Real Madrid size and uh, across all the positions, and uh, having Walter Tavares in the. Um, at the centre position makes it very hard for uh, for teams to, to score against Real Madrid. They can really be impactful on that end of the court. But uh, the strategy that Mombro has implemented with these pieces uh, just makes them uh, a very hard team to compete against and they really are able to slow down teams. And the three, you mentioned uh, Chris Jones and Jovic as the maestros of this offence and they are and they are playing at a very good level. I've, I'm really fascinated with them in English uh, Semi Ojale and Brandon Davis. This trio in the small forward, forward, and center position, they really perf- play very well. They they are unselfish and uh, they have the size, the strength, to to really give trouble to the other to the other teams. And the way that uh, they are moving, the way that they are sharing the ball, and just finding the. The open uh, man and in, in this game, Nathan Rovers, he he was able to have a very good game of for them. He was very efficient because he was getting open shots and he was making them. And uh, when a team is playing at the level that Valencia is playing and just finding easy baskets while performing the at the level that they are they are doing, they certainly will be a very competitive team. I still think that they might be somewhat short in terms of depth of talent and uh, with injuries, they probably can be facing some hard runs ahead. But for now, just enjoy the moment and the the way that they are playing. And uh, Valencia has been probably the surprise of the competition or one of the surprises of the competitions because next we will be talking about Virtus and they are up there for sure. But um, Valencia is uh, playing at a very, very, very high level and winning by 15 points on the road in... uh, in Cagliari, it's it's a hard a hard feat to achieve, and they just did it, and there wasn't much contest about them being the the top team and the dominant team of this game. So let's let's move on and let's talk about Virtus, that uh, again got another very important win this time on the road against Asvel, a duel of Italian coaches. We spoke yesterday about Giorgio Pozzecco joining Asvel and being their head coach moving forward in the, this edition of the EuroLeague. Duke. Diog- what were the keys of uh, this game between Asvel and Virtus?
1: Well, I mean, for Aswell, I think we saw some flashes here and there uh, of what they can do. Uh, they had a pretty good offensive game. And uh, hopefully Pozeko, like we talked about uh, earlier, um, he can turn this around and, and have them play good and energetic basketball. But uh, on the other end, I, I mean, Shengelia keeps on his early MVP campaign. Uh, he's just playing at such a high level. Um, Virtus played great offense again. But uh, the defense needs to be better overall. Uh, it, it's just the way they move the ball and the way they shoot the ball. It, it's so great to see, and it, it keeps them in every game. So they also have been a nice surprise, like you said. Uh, I think Virtus It's really just the, the ball movement, the ball sharing. They, they are not selfish at all. They they play a very beautiful brand of basketball. I just think they need to be more consistent defensively, because if, you, if you're if you going to allow Oswald to score 84 points uh, – some other teams that are much better than Asvel can give you a, a tough time. So uh, I think they need to, to be better defensively. But offensively, they're up there with any team in, in this competition. And I think just due to their, their style of play, it's not even about the talent or the, the firepower. It's just the way that they play basketball. So I'm very curious to see Virtus for the rest of the season because similarly to Valencia, I didn't have them uh, as a playoff team or, or playing this well, especially this fast. So I, I'm really enjoying what Virtus has been able to do, and I'm curious to see how they keep this up.
0: For uh, Asvel, the 9 of 15 from the 3-point line certainly was one of the keys for them to, to stay on this game. I obviously don't expect them to shoot 60% from 3, but... Uh, I would like to see them taking more trees, and with that, opening up the game for uh, for their players and their team. I think that's something that we will try. We will see them trying to do, and Poseiko trying to implement with this team. For uh, Virtus, uh, Isaiah Cordinier. he is playing at an incredible level, and he is one of the players that is affirming himself. As a, a high-level Euroleague player, he's having a great season early on. He's giving Virtus what uh, they needed from him or from a player like him. And he's bringing it to almost every game. That certainly is one of the positives. Defensively, uh, finding that balance, it can be hard with uh, the personal that uh, they have. And uh, with Virtus, it comes down to be able to control the game on the offensive end and just finding very good shots and uh, they have been doing that with the uh, ball movement defensively like, they will need a bigger effort like that uh, there on that side of the court to be able to compete with top teams and uh, to be able to compete in playoff games and uh, if uh, they want to be on that mix and to, to make it uh, through the plane or, or to just be what top six team of the decision of the league, it certainly won't be easy for them but they are playing at a very good level that gives them a chance to to achieve that but um, Finding that balance with uh, this roster, it can be hard for them. But uh, ball movement and uh, execution are the keys with uh, this uh, Virtus team. And that's what allows players like Isaiah Cordinier to, to be performing at such a high level. And uh, to affirm himself as one of the, the top players in the, the EuroLeague. He has been able to to be on that mix and to, to take that step forward uh, so far. When I say one of the top players, I obviously don't mean a top 10, a top 20 player, but as a player that consistently can perform at a high level. And uh, that's one of the things that uh, this virtuous way of playing has been allowing during the this early stages of the, the Euroleague. Next, we had an important game for Paratinaikos at home against uh, Basconia, and they were able to lock the win 95 to 81. Was this the game that Paratinaikos needed to have?
1: I mean, well, they definitely needed this game. Uh, I think if this was the game, I, I'm not sure, but they definitely needed this one. Uh, I think they did a, a great job on the boards, uh, which is something we talked about them needing to do. Uh, Lesort w- was dominant. Uh, Mito Glue coming off the bench, he, he played a, a very good game too, especially scoring the ball. Uh, they did a very good job getting to the free throw line, and, and that's why they were able to, to pull away from Basconia. But uh, I, I got to say, uh, I'm worried about Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, because I see Mitoglou getting back and, and playing at an amazing level, and Juancho, he, he hasn't been good at all. Uh, like he's been very disappointing, not only in terms of scoring, but as far as rebounding. Like he really hasn't been able to to produce at a good level, and especially from what was expected of him. So I'm worried that Mitoglou might take his spot, and maybe that's a good thing for Panathina actually, because Mitoglou is a very good player, and he's shown that he has the ability to be that power forward for them, uh, which is something they lack in terms of size because we discussed whether Wancho should be at the four, at the three. But I think he needs to really get on his hay game because if not, then Mitsuklu might take that spot. He's been playing at a very high level. And uh, I think the guards did their job. And Basconi didn't really have a chance. I mean, similarly to, to Zalgiris, uh, I think they are lacking talent and if if they don't play good defense like they didn't here, they allowed ninety five points. They they just don't have enough talent offensively to keep up with these teams. So uh, I definitely think this is going to be a tough season overall for Basconia, and now they're having some injuries too. So it's just a tough situation they're in, and, and it's not going to it's not going to get better anytime soon unless some things change.
0: We know that the big man department for Basconia is one of the positions that uh, they can struggle with. And that was the case on this game. The uh, Paraty big men were able to, to dominate this game. Basconia came into this game with only nine players and they played eight, uh, an eight-man rotation. And uh, they just didn't have enough to, to be competitive on the, this matchup against Paratinaikos. Mitoglou Mitoglu was a player that was very excited about heading to this season. And he's showing why. And he has the ability to be a high-level player in the EuroLeague. But uh, like I said, Juancho uh, just isn't finding ways to impact the game. And uh, this Paratinakos team needs him to, to do so and to, to be able to impact the game at a, at a high level. If Paratinakos were to be um, a contender, we will need to have Juancho playing at uh, as a top 5, as a top 10, very, at the very least, player in the League. You guys probably have heard that in some podcast. (laughs) It was in ours. (laughs) (laughs) Now, but uh, jokes aside, um, not only Juancho needs to assert himself into the game and to to perform at a very high level, the Paratinakis needs to put him into positions to do so. And he ended this game with five shots and uh, probably that's uh, not the way to go about it. He needs to step up and Paratinakis needs to be able to, to, to find him and... In some ways, and when they win, everything is fine, but in some ways, they they have been somewhat dysfunctional in the way that they approach the game and the way that they play the game, and that's something that they can improve to, to be able to have more consistency from their top players. Their big men stepping up and uh, in a game that uh, they needed to be dominant was key for this victory and for the way that uh, they won the game. They out rebounded Basconia 42 to 32, and uh, that was clearly a place where they could have the advantage. And At times, Paratyrakos have been struggling on the, that uh, front, and in this game, they took care of businesses, and because of that, they were able to, to lock this important win for them. But um, moving forward and playing against the Top teams and against stronger teams, I think that uh, Paratynicos needs to to be playing better as a whole and just making the game easier for their top players and namely Juancho that uh, is struggling to to find himself and I think he has the talent and the, the ability to to be. Um, to be a high-level player in the EuroLeague, he just needs to step up and the team needs to, to be able to find him in uh, buyer positions. But let's move to, to the last game of the this round five. And um, this was a, a very, very important game for Fenerbahce because Bayern is not an easy team to play against. Bayern is a very uh, competitive team. And Fenerbahce going on the roads and after... Initially and early uh, stru- some struggles by Fenerbahce going and winning this game 67 to 76 was certainly very important for them is Fenerbahce st- starting to find uh, something and uh, starting to be more consistent and uh, elevating themselves to the top uh, five top six team that we think that they can be
1: they've been, they've been playing pretty good as of lately um we had those two games last week where Nick Calare stepped up and helped that team perform at a, at a very high level. This week, he, he wasn't great, but there were other players stepping up and, and playing very good. I mean, Wilbekin has been playing at a pretty decent level, and with Jan Madar out, Kaladis not having a great game, and Tyler Dorsey just coming back from injury, I think Wilbekin played a, a very good game here and was very important for this Fenerbahce win. Uh, I just think that in a matchup like this, uh, like this Bayern versus Fenerbahce, um, the wings are so important because... Bayern, similarly to Panathinaikos, is one of those teams that plays those three-guard three lineups. And they are very small in the backcourt. And I think against a team like Fenerbahce, that have those big, big wings with Nigel Hayes-Davis, with Sean Pierre, even Goodrich, they have guys with size on the wing. So it's a pretty tough matchup here. And Bayern has been shooting the ball from three very poorly. And I believe that they are a good team. But for them to compete with the top dogs like Fenerbahce, Real Madrid, Barcelona... All of those teams, I think they need to be uh, shooting the ball at an elite level because if not, I believe their chances are kind of limited against those teams. And I feel like that has been the issue for them. But uh, obviously, they are a good team and they they still have a lot of season left to, to get some of these important wins. But uh, here, I definitely think it was the, the three-point shooting for them that didn't go right. And I think that was the biggest problem in this game.
0: Yeah, and adding to that, we spoke about how powerful the front court of um, of Bayern can be. But uh, on this game, they got uh, out rebounded by by Fenerbahce. In the but it for me, it was mostly a better team effort by Fenerbahce in this game. They yes. were able to, to assert themselves and to, to be able to to dominate the the wing game, the, the front court game. And uh, I think that Fenerbahce is a more consistent and more talented, uh, a deeper team than Bayern is right now. And uh, I think that that showed on that game. This was a game where Fenerbahce came in with a good game plan, was able to execute it and just uh, show that uh, they are at this moment uh, the Bayern team between them and Bayern. It doesn't always happen like that, but um, that's the, that was the way that uh, Fenerbahce went about this game and was able to dominate this game. Very well. To end this episode, let's uh, take a look at the EuroLeague standings and uh, let's look into some of the the surprises and debates uh, quickly. The surprises just give our takes on the the way that the teams are performing. Real Madrid being number one, I don't think there is any surprise here. We both had them as the top contender and they are just showing why they have five wins and uh, zero losses. Barcelona being number two, I think there's a little bit of a surprise here and uh, you can just add to it. For me, it's the way that they were able to come off the bat uh, at a very consistent way. The way that they are being able to punch back in games and uh, the level of defense that they are playing.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we both didn't expect them to play this good this fast and they've been showing a a very high level of basketball and the pieces seem to connect uh, very well. So it's been pretty exciting to watch Barcelona play. For sure.
0: Yeah. Barcelona has been a very, very good team and they are one of the top contenders at this moment of the EuroLeague because of the way that they are playing. Virtus, number three, certainly. Also a little bit of a surprise here. The banky effect is in full effect. Elevating <laughs> players like Isaiah Codinier, Toko Shanghali playing at an MVP level and just the, the ball movements. I think that those are the, the main keys for this third place for Virtus.
1: Yeah, for sure. And Cengeli being MVP candidate. <laughs> yeah,
0: Toko MVP Cengeli. We named it here on the, <laughs> the podcast. Number four, Fenerbahce. They had a somewhat rough start, but uh, I think that uh, they are getting on track and just starting to perform at a very good level. They they still need to to figure out the, the point guard position, but they are starting to find solutions. And uh, for me, that's the, the key for them. Then on five, another, fifth, another surprise, uh, Valencia. That uh, it comes to defense. We have said it over and over again and... Do you think that they will be able to keep up with the level that they are playing and uh, fight to be a top-six team?
1: Listen, until somebody proves otherwise, they've been showing that they belong in this top group. I mean, obviously, I don't think they have the talent as a Real Madrid or a Fenerbahce, but if they keep playing this way, they're, they're going to have a chance to win games every game they play because of that defense. So unless teams start figuring them out, which they haven't so far, I mean... That defense is elite and we can't think that this is a fluke uh, because they've been doing it for five games now. So we're going to have to keep watching and see what they do. But it's looking real.
0: Yeah, they the way that they are playing, it does look real. I wonder about depth of talent and how they will be able to deal to deal with absences as the season goes, but they are playing at a very high level, and uh, I think that they will be able to keep up as soon as far as they are healthy. Sixth, we have Monaco. I think for Medio here, it's just we scratch those two losses. Yes, and, uh, they are now playing at the uh, at the level of contenders that we expect to see from them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like officially they are three and zero. Like nobody knows yeah. about those two losses,
0: so. <laughs>
1: No, they, they did a good job turning it around quick, and I think they are set off to, to to start getting some wins now, some streak, and I think they're, they're going to be just fine.
0: Yeah. Olympiakos is 7. I think that this is uh, their range. I think that the floor, the high floor that they have like can allow them to, to fight for home court advantage in the playoffs. At the moment, with their talent, with some absences, having this 3-2 rank and uh, some in some tough games that they had, I think that uh, they are performing as we expected from them. And uh, Jalgiris in 8th place, despite tough losses on this round. They have a 3 wins and 2 losses uh, record. This is also in line with what we can see from Jalgiris. They have been a competitive team, a team that fought hard, a team that never gives up. And they have conquered some early important wins that uh, will allow them to be on this playing mix. On ninth place, a little bit of disappointment with Maccabi being in ninth place, but... They have a 2-2 start, and uh, with so much going on, I don't think we have much uh, to, to judge or to talk about here. They are still in the mix. They will certainly elevate their level of play. They have talent. Having Wade Baldwin back will be extremely important, so I think that they start from Maccabi, there isn't much to be read from it. Let's move on to Trent and to Paraty They started with 2-3 and records, and there are some early star- struggles to be concerned about, aren't they?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they they really got to start performing at a better level. Uh, otherwise, they, they're going to start falling back and it's going to be very hard to catch up. So they really need to figure it out or it's going to become a dangerous spot for them.
0: Yeah, they, they really need to, to start finding ways to, to produce and to make the game easier for themselves. Otherwise, they might be... I think that they will always be on the, at the very least, on the plane picture and fighting for the planes, but uh, they will be risking to to have other teams that are below them starting to pass them and putting themselves on a on a complicated position. Partisan in a level, I think the story is kind of similar, but here it's more yes. about they their top players to be able to to perform at a higher level.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, those guys got to step up. Uh, the only player that's playing to the best of their abilities is Avramovic. I mean. So the rest of the team definitely needs to step up and play at a better level.
0: I don't want to make the episode too long, but uh, because for me, I think the answer is yes. Will Avramovic be in the mix right now for one of the All-Euroleague teams, first or second?
1: I mean, maybe if they had a better record. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but as far as like just his performance, I mean, for sure, he's been playing at a very, very high level.
0: Yeah, he has been incredible and one of the best stories of the, the Euroleague so far. 12th, Bayern Munich. I think this is the range we expect from them. And uh, yes. it's just they have shown the ability to be competitive. And 13, we have FS And uh, I'm concerned. Are you?
1: Same. It's same. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm very concerned. They, their dynamics offensively just aren't there. And uh, that's something that needs to to change. And in their case, I think it needs to change quick. I I don't think they can afford to have another season like last one. I know that the play-in give, puts more, more teams in play to, to be able to fight and get into the playoffs. But uh, they just need to, to play better, to perform better. Otherwise, I think the safest team will be in trouble. Now, another team that I am concerned as well, it's Milano that is in 14th place. We had them as one of the contenders for this edition of the League, And they have a record of one win and three losses. I still see them as one of the contenders because I think the talent is there and the Shavon Shields-Mirotic duo is up there with anyone. But um, they just need to to perform better as a team and they really need to figure out their backcourt situation.
1: Yes, for sure. They they definitely need help in that department.
0: Next, we have Red Star, extremely talented roster, but a very rough start. Uh, Do you think that the coaching change will do it for them? I'm not
1: sure. Uh, They they need to prove it on the court. I mean, we know at home they're going to be a very good team like they always are. But again, they need to show consistency. And until then, these other teams are ahead for sure.
0: The bottom team, I think it was my bottom three teams of my power rankings. So no big surprises there. We have Baskonia, Alba and Aswell. I think that Alba has shown exactly what we expected from them. Aswell, uh, zero wins and five losses. I think that they will be improving. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's hard not to improve from from <laughs> this start. But uh, I just think that they will be able to, to find themselves to be a little bit more competitive now with uh, the coaching change. I think it will be doing very good things of them. Do you have any takes of this uh, regarding these bottom three teams? Uh, well, it
1: was kind of expected. Uh, I did have Valencia on this bottom three in my preview in the power rankings. So I, I apologize for that. But uh, <laughs> I do think these these last three teams... We're kind of expected to be down here. So, I mean, not really much to say. It was expected.
0: I would like to call this a win, but I had them 15, so I don't think I can go there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just had them slightly above, but they are—they have one kind of the best <laughs> stories of this EuroLeague. So this was a, a quick preview of the, the status of the, the EuroLeague so far. We will be coming to you guys tomorrow with a preview of the... Um, of the round six of the EuroLeague. Stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Zero EuroLeague so you guys don't miss out on any of our new episodes. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon.
1: Bye, guys. See you on next episode.